we all know that absolute zero is negative 372. Yeah. Are we dealing with with absolutes? Are we, or are we pussyfooting around in the middle? Are we swimming around in gray area like the rest of the world? No. This is a science lab. <laughs> oh, my system can uh, encapsulate the freezing of water into a transitive state. Yeah. What about plasma? Can it do? Oh! Just nerds just like freaking out, running around like in one no. of those YouTube clips. No, he didn't. <laughs> and then, and then, honey, then he said, what about plasma? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Mic drop. It was great. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Oh, it's good to be back, cousin. Trailer Park Podcast 111 times. 111. That's so right. So we've been here to condescend to you and tell you what we think you should watch. That's true. Yeah, that's kind of what we do. Uh, we also offer insight and opinion and thoughtful conversation for you to enjoy. We also put similar podcasts out of business. That's true. <laughs> Trailer home. <laughs> Guys, I welcome you tonight. Uh, I welcome Amanda. Hello. And I welcome the intern as well. Uh, one and one are one eleven. Well, 111, I don't know if you guys know, uh, is a perfect totient number. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Basically, uh, 111 in base 18, <clears throat> uh, the smallest magic square using only one in prime numbers has a magic constant of 111. So In a base 18. Yeah. Obviously, a 6 by 6 magic, magic square uses the numbers 1 to 36, also also has a magic constant of 111 as well. Uh, it's also the uh, magic constant... Um, of the n queens problem for n equals six, uh, it is also a nonagonal number as well. So uh, it is, what's a what's a notion? Our superior system, especially uh, to like base ten. <laughs> it's the atomic number of uh, roentgenium. Uh, uh, my favorite em. Uh, in cricket, the number one 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 is sometimes called a Nelson after Admiral Nelson, who allegedly only had one eye, one arm, and one leg near the end of his life. Oh shit! That Family Guy character. Yeah. That's why, uh, yeah, also a score of multiples will be a double Nelson and a triple Nelson. So 222 is a double Nelson, 333 is a triple Nelson, so on. So Admiral Nelson had a but son who was a full Nelson. All of that is, is, isn't is important. No, it's because it's a powerful, it's a very powerful numerological number. If you put in like 111 into a numerology <laughs> uh, website, it would it would explode. Well, 111, Daniel, now that you brought up numerology... Uh, and 111 won't let itself be slotted into a team member role unless that role is leadership. See, and I'm Damn. talking I'm talking about real leadership, not a role where it's told how to lead, but where it's free to use its creativity when leading the team. When unhampered, the number 111 is apt to break new ground and new methods are apt to get why didn't I think of that type of reactions. That's and that's basically basically what you're saying is that every episode we put forth as Trailer Park Podcast is technically 111. Well, yeah, it, it carries the essence. It's almost like it's a magic constant. Um, 
<laughs> Amanda, what didn't make the cut on this lineup? Do you know? I don't even know what's. I don't even know what movies are right now. I don't. Are they? Are they still coming out right now? They are. <laughs> they are. They're a little slower right now. But I'm going to tell you, the movies that didn't make the cut were on the lineup. And then we had some audio troubles, and those two movies were removed from the line. Oh, 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 yeah. I know one. Oh, uh, interim, please go ahead. Uh, Polar. Yes, Polar, starring Mads Mikkelsen. What? Who's I've, Mads I've, Mikkelsen? Is that, is that a Netflix film? It, it is. A, it, it, that's right, Daniel. It's a, it's a Netflix film. It's so ridiculous that it ends up being fantastic. Yeah. And Serenity, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Oh, that's too bad. Got cut. What is that? Oh, it's like a it's mystery movie. Mystery thriller. It uh, came out on the 25th and it got really shit reviews. So I don't think it's a huge loss, folks. I think it was uh, like, like noir, contemporary. Uh, more like a bloodline, like uh, bloodline the movie kind of look to it. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And you know what, guys? We could talk about some of the following stuff, but we're not going to because we've got a fucking agenda. We got shit to do. We got stuff to cover. We're not going to talk about the fact that there's apparently a female-led spinoff for Fast and the Furious happening. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we don't have time. We're not going to talk about the fact that Black Panther is being put back into theaters in February to celebrate Black History Month. We don't have time. Hmm? There's no time for this. Aquaman, now the highest-grossing DC movie of all time, recently surpassing $1 billion and passing the Dark Knight Rises. We just don't have time, guys. We don't have time. Ain't nobody got that time. Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awkward, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is. Yeah, they really pumped those tires, didn't they? Speaking of female-led movies, Leslie Jones pissed off that they're making a Ghostbusters movie without her. Don't have time, Leslie. I'm sorry. They are? Cover it. Yeah, Ivan Reitman's son is going to make Ghostbusters 3, and uh, they're all like, oh, I hope it isn't full of men. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it's got like kids in it and stuff. The intern will be real happy. Mm. This is the sound of enthusiasm. <laughs> my ears are so messed up and it's kind of nice because like i can hear intern even less than normal oh. <laughs> that's sweet <laughs> and since he has to be turned down low for you we can like we get it's, it's like he's not even there <laughs> also uh we're not going to talk about the uh, more sexual misconduct allegations that have surfaced against uh, Brian Singer in an article released in The Atlantic. Uh, mm-hmm. But Millennium Film still wants him to be the director of Red Sonia, uh, who's based on a comic uh, set. Is that about period? Sorry? It- Red Sonia? I mean, it just sounds like a girl with a period. It's like female Conan. Yeah, yeah. It's set in the uh, Conan universe. It's about a yeah. woman who seeks vengeance after she's brutally raped and her family is murdered. So Brian Singer going to be the choice for that yeah they burst in on him raping some kid he's like i'm just it's just for the movie i'm just getting inspiration oh. arnold schwarzenegger already played in that movie yeah he did yeah apparently he had affair an affair with the girl who played red sonia at the time he just fucked everything hey oh yeah he uh, oh yeah. yeah i've i've seen a photograph of him fingering a woman sitting on his lap <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible that's terrible we don't have time to talk about any of that folks we got too much on the docket does anybody know what tonight is? Wednesday. It's 111 night. It's hump day. <laughs> Dallas Stars are playing the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, Remy, Mel- Rem- Remy Ellie returned to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight, those, those are all correct, but also tonight we will once again be taking a journey through the past year and selecting the ultimate trailer podcast lineup, trailer park podcast lineup for mm-hmm. 2018. Mm-hmm. That's right, folks. Oh, well, like a recap. Yeah, Sad. a loading. I get it. Sad Sack Studios is taking us once again, 
sorry, is tasking us once again with performing a roundtable discussion tonight to choose the ultimate 2018 Trailer Park podcast lineup. The trailers we select tonight will be posted on a special page on the website declaring the winners and the nominees. SADSAC has prepared five montages of the nominees. Only movies in the headliner position can compete for the ultimate headliner. Only movies in the teeter can compete for the teeter. Uh, Fulcrum against Fulcrum, Totters, Five Holes, etc. What's the etc? There's only five. You're a fucking secretary. Fuck you! <laughs> what is your fucking problem, man? Okay. Um, the montages have been created to remind us about how great some of the trailers were in 2018. Sad Sack once again asks us to remember that this is about how great the trailer was, folks, and not necessarily about how great the movie ended up being. Mm. Uh, where, Important distinction. Where are we going first? How you felt when you saw the trailer. Yeah. Where are we going first, Amanda? Guide us. Oh, which of the five slots? Um, let's, you know, I feel like uh, the totter is always, you know, the forgotten about slot. Let's do totter first. Totter it is. All right, here we go. You guys ready? 2018 Ultimate Trailer Park Podcast lineup totter montage. Frère Jacques, Grey Poupon, Maquis de Saturette, Woo, Feather Duster, Croissant, Les Miserables, Fert, Catcher, Luke Robert, I D'Artagnan, Perrier, Friend Tark, and Don Peanut Buster, Parfait. Eau de Toilette. Eau de Doudade. Pierre-Philippe. I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Good words. Welcome, Power Caller. I hope you did not masturbate today. We need you sharp and ready to go. Tonight, we're taking game night. Up a notch. Oh boy. Mm. Someone in this room is going to be taken, and it's going to be up to you to find them. It's a murder mystery party. Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Wait a sec. You can't just come in here and break the door. Like, oh! Looks so real. Party, Elvis, please, this is it. Guys, make sure you get a piece of this cheese. Yeah. It's oh, just the first one that follows us gets shot. Okay, Roger that. You drive safe. Synchronize your watches. I don't know how to do that. I don't wear a watch. Time is a construct. Honey, you can't go in looking like that. I'm fine. Let me just... I'm not going to have to stand here all day like a robot repeating myself. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything about just killing him? You cannot hesitate. The only thing worse than being incompetent or being unkind or being evil is being indecisive. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're going to do. Come sing that song. What I love. No, I can't do that. Here, come on. Here we go. (laughs) Look at me. All you got to do is trust me. So, your nominees are Super Troopers 2, uh, Sorry to Bother You, Game Night, Tag, Thoroughbreds, and A Star is Born. <clears throat> Thoroughbreds, I don't remember. Don't remember. 
uh, or the second one that you mentioned. Uh, actually, I just forgot all of them. <laughs> oh, no, Tag had a great trailer. Tag had a great trailer. Yeah, it said. I know it didn't turn out that way, but trailer itself was pretty good it made definitely put the point across that this was a fucked up adult version of tag one guy was a master at it the other two other three sucked and uh i remember laughing or chuckling at it a couple of times and being disappointed that it didn't turn out good yeah yeah to illustrate or to maybe fill it in the sorry to bother you is the one with the uh the black fella who uh, was talking in white voice as a telemarketer oh as yeah telemarketer yep and uh, Thoroughbreds is the one with the girls who uh, were trying to kill the stepfather and Anton Yelchin was in it. I watched it. How was it? The movie was good. Yeah, the movie was good. Trailer, I mean, there are a few good parts in the trailer. <clears throat> it, 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 hey, it got nominated. But um, are we all off the deep end? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm off the deep end, but yeah. you know, I'm yeah. biased. Well, I also, uh, the, well, the producers um, gave a lot of time to a star is born because they wanted that fo- the, the whole build there in the montage. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it did feel that the star is born packed a lot of punch with a nice, nice climax in the. So, just from a trailer perspective, I think star is born was a very well made trailer. I believe Daniel even said on that podcast, trailer park podcast one hundred four, that the trailer was very well done or or something to that effect. I think I remember that. Hey, I just want to take another look at you. <laughs> uh, that's the creepiest pickup line which kind of makes us deserve the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not creepy, creepy when you guys trying to pick Cooper. up younger girls makes for great film. I just want to see what you look like when you're unconscious. <laughs> Fuck. What? Isn't that the creepiest thing? <laughs> that would be the creepiest thing. Yes. Right. That's isn't, not isn't what that, happened. Isn't that, well, isn't that more creepy? I'm unconscious uh, in the film. All right. So is it, um, I think I'm going to go with the star is born. Yep. Okay. And, uh, in turn, are you uh, also going Star is Born? Uh, I'll never touch the ground, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Daniel's vote is unnecessary, but Daniel, feel free to go rogue if you want. It's, a Star is Born has already won. <clears throat> That's fine. I Count me as rogue. Okay. What did you want? Tag. Oh, Tag. <laughs> oh, yeah, you voted for Tag. Yeah, Tag was a pretty decent trailer. Just so fucking disappointing. Where are we going next? Oh, was, it to, to, was that to the crowd or... Uh... You have someone specific in mind. Uh, well, I asked Amanda to guide us, but if somebody oh, else... Oh, am I doing the whole thing? Yes. I thought we were taking turns. Okay, well, the next uh, five-hole. Five-hole. Okay, here you go. Your five-hole montage for the 2018 Trailer Park Podcast Ultimate Lineup. Things out there. You need to find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? Please stop speaking to my husband as if I weren't here. Anna. <laughs> you may call me Mrs. Gray. So you want to play? Yes, sir. Christian. I made a vow to love you faithfully. Forsaking all others. Did you sleep with her? Who sees a naked photo of a girl and their first thought is, yo, I gotta kill this bitch. Where the fuck you think you're going, Lily? Way more people than you'd think. I'm not gonna give 
this trigger. So dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? You have the option to stay in either California or Nevada. I always want to stay in the honeymoon suite, even though I'm not currently on my honeymoon. <laughs> this is not a place for a priest, Father. I'm not really a priest. It's a game. It all starts with a simple choice. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again, and again, and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. All right. <clears throat> Fivehole. The Meg. Fifty Shades Freed, Assassination Nation, Tomb Raider, Deadpool 2, The Battle at the El Royale, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think I think I might have to go to the Battle or the Hotel Royale, right? It was yeah, a really good trailer. The El Royale was such a good trailer that I went and watched the movie on opening night. Hmm. I mean... I came out pretty middling on it after seeing it, but the trailer I remember being super stoked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, this makes Nathan's vote invalid, so I guess uh, we're all at the hotel here. Well, that's so not did true, because I didn't vote for the hotel. Yeah, she's still thinking through. Oh. She's really wanting to go with the Meg. No, I'm really wanting to go with Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? <laughs> that trailer is hilarious. Movie, and I feel like I have have watched and will watch Fifty Shades of Grey more than any of them. So. Was that in, was that in there? Yeah, it was the second one. Oh. Except it was Fifty Shades Freed, Amanda. Fifty Shades Freed. You're telling me you didn't hear all that wonderful Fifty Shades Freed stuff at the beginning, Daniel? Uh, it it breaks up a lot when you play long uh, clips. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard for us to hear, but that's okay. Also, oh, I see. it's not a winner, but the Tomb Raider preview or trailer was good. Yeah. No, and I that's what I was I went for the uh, I'm a survivor part, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes that yeah. crazy leap. Yeah. And we watched most of the movie. It's weird, but it's not that it's not bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's totally competent. <laughs> we we almost totally finished it. It's that good. Grogan's uh is uh, decent, isn't that his name? Gronk, what's his name? The actor from Vice Principal. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's like Walton Goggins or something. Yeah, yeah. He I got, actually, it's kind of a shame. I kind of wish that he had played a different character in that film because you know it's going to be a franchise. But they they use him as a, you know they use him and tank him as the first villain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish that he had been like a side character or a funny uncle or some shit. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, not that remarkable, but. Uh, not a tragedy or a travesty like I thought it was going to be. I was entertained. Well, I think I'm going to throw my vote on Battle at the El Royale because I did enjoy that trailer a lot. And then that'll just declare a, a victor. Fine. Fine. You know what? And you can you can be Fifty Shades. That's fine. That's what you can do. Woman's vote, subjugated. That makes me sad that you guys can't <laughs> hear these uh, montages to their full impact. <clears throat> we get like pieces, you know. There'll be, there'll be stretches where, there, where we can hear it. I, I'm sure the... Uh, I can, uh, the montages sound solid, cousin. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then then take us further, Amanda, please. Uh, next, we'll do the teacher. Hmm. How can I tell you if I'm in or I'm out without you telling me the first thing about what I might be in or out of? This would be something dangerous and very exciting. 
This library is home to the most valuable book in the United States. $12 million. You really need to see how easy this is going to be. Hey! This is the Sisters Brothers! You don't stand a chance! Sisters Brothers. S-I-S-T-E-R-S. Like sisters. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. <gasps> Sometimes it is hard to remember whether you have loaded the pellet or not. I must take control of my circumstance. Throw! I'm on my side. Always. I wake up rested and peaceful most morning. True. My day-to-day -day life is full of things that keep me interested. True. I have nightmares or troubling dreams. First Pick your things. Did you even try? Because I can't tell. Somebody said unspeakable love to me. Where's your home? With my dad. I don't want to leave. Same thing that's wrong with you isn't wrong with me. This is the last one. So help me God. This is the last one. kick out of that one because it's the last trailer in the montage and it says this is the last one i swear to god it's the last one <laughs> <laughs> all right american animals great movie by the way the sisters brothers isle of dogs the favorite leave no trace and the mule hmm. i'm torn a little bit between the favorite and wait what was the other one i liked no. what was the favorite that's the one with rachel weiss and uh emma stone Oh, right. The yeah. Queen. Yeah, that, that was a great one, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked the Leave No Trace trailer, though, too. It's that Even music. though it was a movie that I knew I didn't want to, like, actually watch, but the trailer was really compelling, and, like, I felt like I got my emotional fill out of the trailer so much that I didn't need to see the movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, my vote's going on Leave No Trace because uh, it made me emotional, that music and the daughter saying all that stuff. Uh, I, got, I got choked up, so I... I have to go leave no trace. Agreed. Intern. Um, I clearly have a favorite in this race, and uh, Yurgos is my favorite. So Ugh. I'll I'll go with the favorite, the ladies' film. You know, um, play on language is, is really low-hanging fruit. Uh, I hope you leave no trace <laughs> this conversation. Mm -hmm. Before I make, before I, sisters, brothers, you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to go with the favorite. Ah. Oh, ah. Yeah. It's a tie. Where's Chelsea? Well, uh, did Amanda actually say leave no trace or she was on the fence between the two of them? So. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess technically, since I have a split vote, mm. you know, 
it would have to go. No. I'm, well, as middle management at Sad Sex Studios, I believe you probably have the tie breaking vote. <laughs> With my middle management <laughs> at Sad Sex Studios. <laughs> well, if you want to leave it up to Chelsea, I know that she would pick Leave No Trace. So this is your one chance to slot to lock in the favorite. One chance, one chance only to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in, these, you know, in these cases, since it is tied, you're part of the tie. And then it technically reverts back to each of us only having three-fifths of a vote to your actual vote. What's the math on that? The math is I choose the favorite. Fine. The favorite can win. That underdog leave no trace story will just leave no trace. I remember him being super intense in the woods. Yes. A lot yeah. of woods. Yeah, a lot of sadness, a lot of emotions, sweeping ballad of me. Okay, what's next? Three. Fulcrum. is a fine little house, Jack. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm gonna take care of you? But when you die... The promise of the divine is but an illusion. God is pain. God is suffering. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Let us begin. Okay. Anybody notice anything in there? <laughs> uh, I think so. Uh, okay. So A Quiet Place is the opening one. Mm-hmm. It morphs into Mandy. I, I, that's the one that I heard. I heard Mandy, yeah. And it morphs into Piercing, and then into The House That Jack Built, and Hereditary, and the Fulcrum of the Fulcrum episode, Apostle. Apostle. Let's so, see. I do remember liking the Apostle trailer, but that was just like a crazy, like, madhouse, gore fest sort of thing. Mandy had a great trailer, too. Got that perfect synthy creep vibe on it. And Mandy would turn out to be fun as well. Not as great as I wanted it to be, but every frame was fucking engaging and interesting to look at. Um, yeah, Quiet Place had a good trailer. Remember how up we were on it to be so down on it later? Yeah. Um, piercing was also a great trailer. I don't remember Piercing. 
It's about the guy that uh, uh, wants to uh, murder a prostitute. So he. Oh. He's getting those weird phone calls. and Right. Yeah. 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 I totally forgot about that one. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and the house Jack built. The house that Jack built, he was trying to. Um, I just remember the scene because it was a red band trailer, and I remember him dragging the body behind the van, seeing the big long blood streak, and then the rain came down and started washing it away, and he was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Those, there's a bunch of good ones in there. Maybe is it is it the is it the is it the one at the back? Is it is it Hereditary? Maybe I remember that being like having like badass, you know, a little uh, back and forth with the the miniatures and mm-hmm. shit getting crazy, the music, and the music building, unnerving, yeah. And- yeah, as as a trailer, Hereditary is a really solid trailer. Did you guys actually watch that one? Yes. Yeah. And it was incredibly disappointing or what? No. Uh, Daniel liked it. I didn't like it. Yeah. Huh. I had heard that people thought it was, the people thought it were upset because it wasn't what the trailer sold you, but I, I thought it was good regardless. So you're saying that A24 redeemed itself? It was, it was, uh, yes. I don't know about redeemed, but it was of higher quality than a lot of the stuff they put out lately, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm on board with, uh, with, Several of these, so I'll I'll go with I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my vote back in case I can be a decider. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, piercing because uh, I enjoyed that trailer. I thought it was uh, entertaining and it had me pretty engaged to go watch the movie. Yeah, it was. Did it pierce you? Uh, yeah, right in uh, right in the crotch. Put you in. I think it. I have to go watch the piercing trailer again. It's like I might change my answer if I rewatch <laughs> the trailer. Yeah, piercing was that uh, piercing's my vote. Oh well, then. I can just throw my vote on piercing and we're done. Yep. <laughs> done. Done deal. There you go, piercing. Congratulations to piercing, to the favorite. Uh, to watch it, be disappointed. To A Star is Born and to The Battle at El Royale. And here we go, the piece de resistance, the headliner for the 2018 Chili Park Podcast, uh, Ultimate Lineup. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Amanda, did you want to watch the headliner one next or did you want to scrap it all together? I mean, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Did you, you want to go with et cetera? Nice. Okay, here we go. Can you describe its form? No. Was it carbon based? I don't know. Did it communicate with you? It reacted to me. Third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits. All the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. They looked for it in South America. But it was in Africa the whole time. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me?
we've chosen a job so difficult, requiring so many technological developments, we're gonna have to start from scratch. Here we go. Six, five, four, three, two. What's done is done when we say it's done. Showtime. Oh my God. I couldn't live up to these expectations. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty inside my DNA. You don't think you got your validation? I got loyalty, got loyalty inside my DNA. I got loyalty, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I want to rewrite history. Whew. Wow. So what Disney film wow. do you who, want to pick? Who puts these things together? <laughs> So amazing. Okay. Uh, what do we got here? We got Annihilation, Black Panther, uh, Avengers, Infinity War, Incredibles 2, First Man, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and Creed 2. I think this might be the toughest decision so far because I could swing three ways. Oh, what three ways could you swing? Uh, Annihilation, Incredibles 2, and First Man. Oh, wow. Because they were all trailers that got me jacked to go watch the movies mm, one of them is disney though i know i know it's a problem what do you do with that so we'll just scrap it then i guess so first man <laughs> and annihilation <laughs> well, first man absolutely fucking not no okay no also the clear winner is mission impossible <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was were we all jacked or not jacked for mission impossible 6 it was yeah it was mission and cred to me so well, there was Tom Cruise running, and that is a favorite thing of mine. And flying helicopters or any sort of large machinery. Yeah, Mission Impossible is a good one. Do you guys want to go with Mission Impossible? Yes. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Well, there you go. Your 2018 so, Ultimate Trailer Park Podcast lineup is Mission Impossible, Fallout, Annihilation. <laughs> the Favorite, uh, Piercing, Star is Born, and Battle at the El Royale. You know, when you say all of them back to back to back, that's a really great lineup. It's a very balanced lineup. It's a king of very lineups. Balanced it, lineup. it really, yeah. like, you know, shows our breadth, I think, in terms of our taste. Yeah. The, the only question is, does it even does it even measure up against tonight's lineup? Which well, we'll have to find out. I've heard rumors could overshadow the ultimate lineup because it could. <laughs> saying, this episode is not just better than the previous one. It's better than the amalgamation of the entire last years. <laughs> wow. In 2019, we won't have to do this episode because the lineup's already been set. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, 11D1 won't let itself be slotted into a team member role. It is about leadership. That was that was said at the onset, guys. Well, I guess all the more reason for us to not have any more episodes this year. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, you can always top what you've done before. <laughs> Not like you wanted to go out with a bang. <laughs> um, we need to do... 89 more episodes of this season. Oh, ending on the most powerful number, 111? I don't know. I don't know. I really want to I really want to do a double Nelson and a triple Nelson. So Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, we have to get going here. We have to start watching trailers. We have to start reviewing them and talking about whether we're worried or excited. But before we do that, guys, did you want to come with me into the trailer viewing room? No. Yeah. Take your drumming. Okay, here you go. Just come in here. 
Just get in there. Just no, sit down. Just sit down in the chair right. and put okay. the seatbelt on. I don't like wearing seatbelts. <laughs> That's reckless. There's clearly safety guidelines written in. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn it on. Here we go. Ah. Ooh. Oh, it's hot. Really hot, dude. Oh, it's got a lot of heat coming on. I hope it's. Ooh. Wet. Ah. Oh, hey, don't. Stop! Well, that was nice. That was nice. Your headliner tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is Alita, Battle Angel. Alita, Battle Angel, here we go. Does it bother you that I'm not completely human? You are the most human person. I have ever met. Didn't I tell you to be home before dark? I just lost track of time. Alita, you have to be responsible. You are someone very special. Hey, kid. Not just a teenage girl. Hey, what's your problem? You can't remember. What do you mean? Doc found you in the scrapyard. So you must be from up there. And I'm just an insignificant girl. That's what they want you to think. I'm not your daughter. I don't know what I am. I do. You have the most advanced weapon ever. But that's just a shell. It's not bad or good. That part's up to you. Stand by in the presence of evil. She's threatening the natural order of things. Tonight is not a game, it is a heart. I need you to destroy the girl called Alita. You made the biggest mistake of your life. Underestimating who I am. Nathan, lead us off. Worried or excited? Okay, well, um, this is odd. This movie was initially supposed to come out in December. Um, it got pushed to February, and I kind of wrote it off and didn't think much of it. And the first trailer didn't excite me that much. And then this trailer came out, and I have I have performed a complete 180. 
I am really excited about this. Just been reading about it. James Cameron wrote the screenplay, gave it to Robert Rodriguez because he couldn't make it because he's too busy with avatars. And I, I got to tell you, there's, it's just, it's based on a manga series. It's got a lot of source material behind it. Uh, it's got a budget of like 175 to 200 million. I, I'm really jacked. <laughs> They're using like crazy motion, uh, motion capture technology on her face. And the making the eyes big thing, that's like everything, everybody's focused on that and they're freaking out about how big of her, her eyes are. But I just say fucking let go. Let go and embrace this because this is going to be, I think, original and cool and uplifting. It's got that V for Vendetta music in the background, just like attacking my heart and making me happy. So fuck it. I'm all in. All in. Intern. Um, I really like Angels and I'm a big fan of Battle. So I think I'll enjoy this quite a bit. <sighs> I've been looking forward to it for quite a while. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably be getting all the, the comic books after I watch this. Just buy a big box set and, and delve into Alita in its entirety. Uh, I hope they make sequels. I haven't even seen the first this one. So pretty excited. Pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Amanda? Uh, uh, Br- bring us down, why don't you? I mean, it, I'm really on the fence. Like, it looks... Here's the thing. I think it it looks like a movie that could be good, but isn't going to be. <laughs> it's a lot of money that they could throw away. Hey? <laughs> yeah, I, I you know when sci-fi movies look too shiny, I have like PTSD from Jupiter Ascending, <laughs> and I just get scared. Um, but it, it looks okay. It looks okay. It looks. I don't know. I. I. Well, the love interest boy, I don't like. <laughs> You're the most human person I've ever met. What does that even fucking mean? What does that mean? It means he's an idiot. It means he's an idiot. And yeah. um, but the dad also is the dad character a good guy or a bad guy? He usually plays a bad guy. I don't know that I can see him as just like a loving weird oh, father type to he this. Played a good guy in Big Eyes. I don't. Uh, in turn, I'm on a roll here. <laughs> <laughs> Clear the runway. Sorry, I'm backing away. I'm over it. Worried. <laughs> um, I'm sure kids will love it. Worried. <laughs> it's Jimmy C. It's James Cameron. Yeah, and I heard Rodriguez in there too. Over. And I've I've seen all the trailers for this. It's peaked up in different places for me here and there. I I, I just it's just a bunch of slick slick, slick washing around. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not interested. Fun fact about uh, James Cameron. Do you know that he only makes movies that start with A or T? TNA. <laughs> uh, what about Pearl? Slam. Titanic, Aliens, The Terminator, The Abyss, True Lies, Avatar. This was originally going to be Battle Angel Alita, but they changed it to Alita Battle Angel to make sure it fit in with the TNA. Weird. Well, and I think we can, from that list you just gave to me, his T movies are better than his A movies. So all Whoa. the reason to not see this. Uh, <laughs> this is <good>. um, he <laughs> directed Piranha 2. Hey, everybody's yeah. got to start somewhere. What's the subtitle on Piranha 2? Uh, the Spawning. The Spawning, uh, colon, Piranha 2. Yeah. <laughs> right. Teeth. Just like Hellbound, colon, Hellraiser 2. Okay. Well, that does that. <clears throat> Sorry, Alita. It doesn't sound like you have a shot at the 2019 Ultimate lineup. I guess we're going to have to keep making more episodes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trailer number two coming to us tonight. Uh, from Sundance Film Festival, starring Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. 
extremely vile, wickedly shocking, <laughs> and slick. Perfect. Here we go. That guy's been staring at you all night. What do you say we get out of here? What is it about this guy? When I feel his love, I feel like I'm on top of the world. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare. I am innocent. You don't actually believe this garbage, do you? It's in all the papers, Ted. Ted! Monkey! How did his name get on that suspect list? I want to come see you. I was really hoping you'd say that. This case is about catching a monster. Ladies and gentlemen, I am that innocent suspect. You are skating on thin ice, partner. The media has convicted Ted before he's had his day in court. I'm gagged, and you're not. I wonder whether he did it or not. I'm more popular than Disney World. Did you do these things? Absolutely not. Let me get back to plotting my escape here. Amanda, worried or excited? Is that actually the title of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big problem with the title. (laughs) Yeah. That's the first problem. I thought that that was just like a quote persuasion. And the movie was just called like Bundy or Ted. They, they already ran through all the single title serial killer films back in the early 2000s, late 90s with the, you know, actors from the American Beauty Fight Club era. Okay. Well, okay. We got the titles real bad. Yeah. It's a real, real, real big problem. Number two, I love Zac Efron. I wish that he were good, but he is not. He's not a good actor. He's a, he's a good side character. He does not have the depth to carry this movie. He, I'm sure he'll be good in the parts where he's like the celebrity Ted Bundy, suspected serial killer. The actual killer part, I, I don't think that he'll be able to pull it off in any sort of compelling, scary way. Um, I like some of the other people that are in the movie. I love John Malkovich, um, but ugh, this thing is riddled with problems. Uh, I wish I was excited, but I am not worried. The name, <laughs> the name of this film came from a quote from the court judge on Bundy's trial. He quoted, the crimes were extremely wicked, shockingly evil, vile, and the product of design to inflict a high degree of pain. So that's yeah, where your, your titles... Crazy. Sorry? Ted Bundy was very brutal. It's true. <laughs> well, I want to step in here and just say that I don't think I've ever seen... A movie about a serial killer where the guy enjoyed being a serial killer as much as this guy appears to. Oh, he's he's the most charming of serial killers. He was known as a charmer. He's one of the rare ones that was relatively good looking and had some social skill. He is someone that uh, all the other serial killers would look up to. Hmm. Uh, the film premiered um, at the Sundance Film Festival, and the Sundance Film Festival starts on January twenty fourth, twenty nineteen, exactly thirty years to the day since Bundy's execution via electric chair in Florida. Ooh. So I, ever since I heard about this, I immediately had a similar reaction uh, with the Zac Efron involvement. And then I started looking at the rest of the cast and I was like, ah, 
I don't know. Like, wasn't the, um, who is the uh, lawyer in the trailer there? The guy from Big Bang Theory, what's his name? Jim Parsons. What is Jim Parsons doing in this? Trying to not be Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did that in Hidden Figures, didn't he? I think this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be, I'm going to watch that um, documentary, that TV documentary on Netflix, which is actually made by the same guy or the same guys involved. And I'm going to enjoy that documentary on Netflix more than this movie. This movie is going to be a poor uh, follow-up to the documentary. And I am also worried. Yeah. I uh, actually find, kind of find this trailer offensive, to be honest. Like he's not like a, a grifter in jail for, for pulling off some sort of like heist the, it's a it's a serial killer like as much as you i love uh horror films and gore and situations of torture and pain in horror films uh i i don't appreciate the celebrity with which they're thrusting on him in this and and, and honestly these films they, they go straight to dvd because they're usually shit because they glamorize and uh throw completely out of whack uh, the actual events of, of the story and just highlight all the you know sort of cultural impacts and then who gives a fuck about the people that were brutally, brutally murdered because Ted Bundy's fucking awesome. That's like what this trailer says to me. So yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. No, the trailer looks horribly insensitive. So there's been like two times in American history where people have been excited for, for this type of thing. And it would be like Bonnie and Clyde in real life and uh, Ted Bundy where they actually had fans. And Manson. Um, so I would say... I'm extremely excited, uh, shockingly horny, and uh, ready to splurge excited uh, for this Ted Bundy film. As I love serial killers, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Ted Bundy do his celebrity nonsense. Also, Zac Efron looks shockingly similar to Ted Bundy. Wow. Uh, Sounds like you're involved in the movie. Well, he's ready to spooge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what I just heard? All, after all of that, you know what I just heard? Basically. That. <laughs> all right. It's been a long time coming, folks. Long time coming for this event to happen tonight. It's like there's a few things in the world that you have on your list that need to happen in life, and this is one of them. So we're going to be checking this off all of our uh, bucket lists tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to the Gyllenhaal. A-A-J-A-J! That's right, folks. Tonight, Jake Gyllenhaal is appearing in the fulcrum of an episode with his most recent film by the same director and writer as Nightcrawler. This movie is a horror film starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It is called Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw. Here we go. Critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. I'm hoping you find something to explain what's happening. Which one's better? One or two? Better or worse, no different. No different. I'm quite curious to know what you think. I think sober hasn't been good for him. Pierce was in the full bloom of alcoholism here. Exactly. Never should have quit drinking. No originality. No courage. My opinion. I can't save you. I found something. Who did these? 
mesmeric. A guy upstairs, he died. And you just took them? He had no family or friends. I can make you rich. It's brilliant. Demand has people ready to kill. Have you ever heard of an artist named Ventral Deeds? No, not in our records, and we have everyone. The artist used blood to create the reddish blocks. You ever notice anything about this painting? Look at it long enough. It moves. As I research these, I'm starting to think there's a disgust for the world of money. I spent decades in a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. There is some sort of power. Some spirit. It's connected to his art. <gasps> Truly goddamn strange is going on! This is a slaughterhouse. Are you aware that Dee's asked that all his art be destroyed? Help! Get rid of it. Box it off. I can't save you. People thought she was part of an exhibit. We're trending on Instagram. It's a major hit. All right, Daniel, you worried or excited about the Gyllenhaal Velvet Buzzsaw? Man, this is a could go either way situation. This movie has like a sort of a weird late sequel Nightmare on Elm Street vibe to it. Um, It also has like a try too hard social commentary aspect to it as well so Uh, i I didn't see a lot of gore but maybe there's good deaths in here it's tough to know from this trailer well daniel critique is so limiting and emotionally draining yes that was the other thing i i I chuckled at that and i thought that the i actually but then as the trailer went on i actually liked his character less and less yeah he's actually he's actually a concern for me he could make it or break it as well everything is make or break about this i don't fuck it what do you guys i let me provide you with some more information uh jake Jake's character's name is Morph Vandewalt. Mm-hmm. Morph Vandewalt. Uh, Rene Russo's character's name is Redora Hayes. Here's what I think. I think this movie has a tremendous potential because all of the characters look like pretentious douchebags, and that will add to the enjoyment of watching them die. Huh? Yes, yeah, sometimes. I'd be happy to watch them die. Here's what I'll. Here's what I'll. Here's what I'll do. This will satisfy you. I'm sure. Um. I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt, excited, because if it does pull it off, it will, I think, pull it off in that late sequel, Nightmare on Elm Street way, which I enjoy, that sort of cheese ball on the noseness. But I'm very concerned. (laughs) (laughs) It's worried, excited. (laughs) Uh, Well, the term, also, the term velvet buzzsaw has an explicitly sexual origin uh, related to cunnilingus as well. Yeah. It's where you take a buzzsaw and you replace the saw blade with a long toothed uh, velvet pad. And uh, put it at full RPMs. I guess uh, Urban Dictionary says, as the conversation became sexually charged, she could feel her velvet buzzsaw begin to hum. Ooh, well, in that sexual analogy, then the be like just shredding dick. <laughs> or in in the sense of 
uh, giving her a velvet buzzsaw would be burying your face in the girl's crotch, sticking out your tongue, and shaking your head as vigorously as possible without causing spinal injury. To who? Without causing spinal injury? I think it's the guy shaking, you know, he's just... Just just come oh. up shy. Just come up shy of spinal injury in terms of the amount of head shaking. Mm. So what is the analingus version of that? Is that like... Uh, okay, we're moving on. <laughs> it's like the, the felt sea cucumber. Yeah, it's obvious the art pieces aren't coming to life here. It's just Mysterio playing his tricks. This movie looks stupid. I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amanda, this is a Jill and Fulcrum. I would have expected a little bit more respect. Would we? Could you say that? Uh, what was the other movie that he was in that could be a horror movie? The Time Slip color? movie. Oh, come on, the which one? Time Slip. Yeah, he was young. His sister's in it with him. Oh, Donnie Darko. There you go. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it definitely had a dark feel to it. I don't know. The writer director of this movie is the writer director of Nightcrawler. He also made Roman J Israel, which was pretty good as well. I uh, think that this deserves a little bit more uh, benefit of the doubt. I like the way that Daniel went. He said, "Well, even though I'm concerned, I'm going to say excited." Uh, because, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Hello. <laughs> it was a fun deaths. That yeah. was the, yeah. that was, that was the, what I was clicking to. <laughs> I think what happens is that we all tiptoe around Nathan's love for Jake Gyllenhaal, even though he's done some pretty, pretty bad movies. <laughs> and this uh, one looks stupid. The paintings are jumping out and killing people. I'm, I'm not into it. Put a socket, boy, or else you'll be out of here like shit through a goose. <laughs> I think the last bunch of Hall movies, uh, Nathan himself hasn't really liked them. Sister's Brother was, was weak, and, and I haven't watched South Wildlife Paw. yet. Southpaw was also weak, but it doesn't stop me from being excited. I'm excited. And nor should it, Nathan. Thank you. You should be extra excited. Mm-hmm. Dan Gilroy is the reason for the excitement, though. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm banking on him being good. Although I will say Netflix movies in general, people are like trying to pump them as good movies. And most of the Netflix movies that have been created, even by good people involving good people, just seem a little off. Like they just don't know how to, they just don't know how to, to do it. Well, <laughs> I enjoyed Polar. So, and I enjoyed Okja, which also had yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Yeah, but I didn't uh, like him in that either. Maybe I don't like Jake Gyllenhaal anymore. Maybe that's what's what's happening. <laughs> Maybe he's like spinning the dick back out. Like, what? Where have I been for ten years? Well, well you got to break up eventually, right? And just be like, <laughs> no, no, just get out, just get out. Enough. But no, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt with this. It is Dan Gilroy. I'm gonna say I'm excited. Intern, are you on on this with me? I'm not. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. You are? Okay, good. Yeah. You think you can do this shit? Jay! <laughs> All right, to the number four, uh, we are going to go, at, you know, just in case there was any sort of challenge regarding the Jill and Fulcrum, I wanted to be um, a solid individual. I wanted to show leadership on 11D1 and give you another horror movie called Braid. kind of threw me for a loop i was like 99.9 percent sure you were gonna say jill and totter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is opening up possibilities braid here we go 
So, how do you want to do this? We'll need to search the whole house to find the safe. To do so, we're gonna have to play the game. Once we get into the house, whatever she asks you to do, you're gonna have to do it. No excuses. She says we obey. Mom, the doctor's here. Welcome back, doctor. Rule number one. Everyone must play. Rule number two, no outsiders allowed. Rule number three, nobody leaves. Amanda, worried or excited? There we go. Now that looks fun. That looks exciting. That looks like something that I want to know what happens. That trailer has leadership. Oh, <laughs> wow. oh my God. But, but Jake wasn't in it. No, this is a, a, a girl power movie. Girls being fucking crazy and uh, killing each other. <laughs> running around in their little outfits. Yeah, Two. girls being girls. Yeah. Two wanted two two wanted women decide to rob their wealthy psychotic friend who lives in the fantasy world they created as children. To take the money, they have to take part in a deadly, perverse game of make believe. Yeah. I mean it sounds very like would you rather kind of, you know, being made to do stuff that you don't really want to, but you do anyway. Yeah. It's kinda up my alley. There's sort of like a sort of acidy head trip aspect to mm-hmm. it where it looks like the longer they're in there, the more they can see or visualize her imagi- they, imaginative world or whatever. Yeah, the more they become in the Wonderland as it is. Right. If they can lock that down in some sort of reality and have it not be like that movie. What was that? Sugar Baby? That that weird movie that uh, Sugar Punch? Baby Punch? Punch Baby? <laughs> what was that movie? That superhero <laughs> movie or comic movie? Sucker Punch? Oh, Sucker, Sucker Punch. Punch. There you go. If they can avoid that, sugar, sugar baby, punch baby. Yeah. You were so close. Sucker punch. Sucker punch. Yeah. That in that one, it's like a bunch of girls that just get raped in a dystopic future and to escape the physical reality of being constantly raped and and jerked off upon. uh, They live in the superhero world in their heads while their bodies are, are ragdolled with rape. So that was a very dark and on the nose back and forth acid trip. That was not enjoyable at all. If this can avoid that feeling great. I am also in, despite the fact that I despised almost every one of those persuasive manipulators that they threw in between particularly daring and subversive. I that That's a make me walk out of the theater phrase. And so this movie's lucky that I'm sticking around. It, got, it got balanced by the Lynchian head trip that came right afterwards. Uh, that did not balance it at all because that also, anytime they're like, oh, this is great person-esque, that means, oh, it's a, this is a failure of a mimicry. So let's hope that all of those, all of those persuaders are... Uh, just the normal nonsense that critics throw out as yeah. their palms are greased. Like unnecessary. One hour, 22 minutes. Perfect. Digestible. Uh, Velvet Buzzsaw was one hour, 52. That could be a killer. Um, 
Rated R, obviously. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, yeah, in my notes I have, as long as the game is necessary to reveal where the money is. The game that they're playing, little make-believe game that they have to buy into, it needs to be necessary to reveal what they need. Right. Yeah, like they can't already know. Like it can't just be a safe. Like there has to be something to the game that reveals the answer. And if that happens, then this could be good. And I am interested. I'm interested, excited. Uh, intern. Uh, I'm really happy that they used one of the uh, dictionary's new words of the year last year in uh, Lynchian. Now mm. they just needed to add uh, Kubrickian uh, in here, and and I would be all over this. I'd want to read the movie. We covered that. You're not showing no. leadership. I'm following far behind. <laughs> I'm going to come in the rear here. I'm going to pull on this braid and be excited about it. Mm. Daniel was talking earlier about having his hair braided. I feel like yeah. Intern's critique was really daring and subversive. <laughs> well, you know. It was. There was a lot of uh, quote persuasion, and I think it did its job because I'm I'm pretty excited. I think I would watch this in the theater. Well, critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. <laughs> that that was a good scene. Mm-hmm. All right, a nice round table of excited's there. Get everybody pumped going into the five hole tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a treat for you tonight with the five hole. It's a treat. Amanda's gonna love it. Oh, this is called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. Goes right on into intern's list. Man plus Hitler plus Bigfoot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Here we go. My grandfather used to tell me stories all about this one soldier. As he got older, the stories got stranger. Some I believed, others I don't know. But it wasn't describing a man. Wallet, keys. It was more like something mythic. Legendary. You didn't pull any swords from any stones, did you? But you might have done something. Something bigger, maybe. So how have you been? You look a little tired. What's bothering you? Things I could have done differently. Regrets. I shot someone during the war. I never wanted that. Even if he had it coming. And he did. You've heard about the killings up north? What's the FBI have to do with it? Imagine all our worst fears about influenza in humans, bovine, swine, all of it coming true to life, only worse. It's the Bigfoot, Ed. They want me to kill it. It's the carrier of this plague type thing. Well, that's no good. If we cannot contain the beast, if we cannot destroy it and it escapes, it could mean the very end of our world as we know it. You're the last resort.
Nathan, worried or excited? <clears throat> so, what do we have here? We have... Uh... What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Uh, yeah, legendary American war veteran is recruited to hunt a mythical creature. Uh, yeah, we've got a guy who just randomly killed Hitler, and he's he's the last resort. He's the one that has to go and kill the Bigfoot, who apparently is uh, causing some sort of epidemic or pandemic outbreak of some kind of disease. Uh, yeah, the story is not about him killing Hitler. No. That's his, like, h- hidden motivation and catalyst for the real point of the movie which is a very serious and epic musically scored hunt for Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, A few strange things going on here. Yeah. Uh, We've got the guy from Office Space and uh, the father from 10 Things I Hate About You playing serious roles, turning to face the camera during the trailer reel. We've got a visual effects guy um, behind the visual effects of this movie that has been nominated for several Academy Awards, including for Blade Runner and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, The writer-director of this movie has very few credits on IMDb, but one of them is as a co-producer of The Woman. And they're going to do this in an hour and 38 minutes. Oh, wow. And I'm willing to watch that hour and 38 minutes. I'm excited about this strange movie with this incredibly long title and very bizarre uh, trailer. Uh, I can say right now, I'm I'm almost sure that uh, that'll be the weirdest trailer I see in 2019. (laughs) That... That was crazy. I did not expect that tone. I didn't expect the uh, serious nature of the film. And when the music kicked in and he's like all these great stunt shots of him like falling down cliffs and shit. I was like, what is happening right now? He's like 85 (laughs) years old, like scaling, like basically vertical cliffs by himself. Yeah, it's it's I I could not. Yeah, I'm I'm excited just because I got to see what's happening here. It's super wackadoodle. I, I, yeah, I mean, this movie looks so like bipolar and it's probably going to be good because it looks so damn horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love the title. The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Yeah, what the fuck? There's a f- influenza like, <laughs> drama happening in here. Like This is like Outbreak mixed with... <laughs> yeah, Sam Elliott looks like seven feet tall walking th- with those people into that tent and he's not wearing any gear because apparently he's immune for some reason. It's because he's the Bigfoot. Oh, is that the twist? Uh, there's a, it's, it's all like a d- deep metaphor. He killed, ends up killing himself. I expect that... Uh... This is going to be this year's The Revenant, and Sam Elliott should probably be up for an Academy Award for this role in this survival film. Yeah, but everything is taken so seriously. I was expecting this, but I thought this was going to be this year's, what, that me hanging out with a dead body in the woods. Oh, yeah. What was it, that Dan, Dan, and Dan movie or whatever? Swiss Army Man. Yeah, I thought it was going to be that, but no. No, Uh, this is... uh, got to hold the record for the longest uh, titled movie that uh, we've done on TPP. Definitely holds the record for the for the uh, most syllables being swapped in a lineup. Oh, is it, <laughs> is it, does it kind of compete with uh, Shockingly Vile? And, uh, yeah, well, that's just it. See, Polar, Grinling. Polar was replaced with Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, and Serenity was replaced with The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. You're like, we can't replace these one-word titles with just one word. We need to use as many as possible. Six and nine. He's got such a serious face, Sam Hmm. Elliott. And also that guy, Sean Bridgers, like the main guy from The Woman, he's in this. The the dad? 
Yeah. Oh, is he did it? Is he typecast? Is he is he playing like an abusive weirdo uh, husband again? One, two, three, four. He's the fifth guy down in the cast. Okay, good. He might have like a nice side character role because I I saw him in something else. What was it? Oh, uh, Room. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was typecast there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was the creepy son of a bitch that put them in the room. Yeah, he just loves trapping women. <laughs> and little, oh, Jesus. And, well, I guess it was just her when she went in there, isn't it? Yep. Oh, all right. Wow, well, I, I think you nailed it. Room is a ripoff of the woman. Hmm. <laughs> I just, uh, I really need to say that I'm excited for this, which means I'm excited for all of these. So this oh. has potential to be better than last year's lineup. Wait, did you it. silver shard this? I did, yeah. Has that happened before? Yeah. That's happened before. Oh, was there one that where we did like all uh, Daniel Day Lewis movies? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the roundtable for episode 111. Uh, I think we may have lost Amanda, or is Amanda still here? Uh, we have lost her. We've lost I Amanda. I where she is. Okay. I guess uh, now I'm a widow. <laughs> well, it's okay. We will sit around this roundtable as gentlemen do, and we will discuss uh, movies that we have watched, and, um, and just generally de-stress, release, all of that pressure that was built up from, from performing yet another uh, five-star uh, tippy-top uh, two thumbs up kind of episode um yeah yeah it's not you the fat shoot the shit yeah yeah it's not for you it's for us if you want to listen fine if you don't fuck off okay (laughs) daniel (laughs) what have you watched uh uh, part of the reason that we lost amanda is because of what i'm about to bring to the table (laughs) i watched uh 14 movies (laughs) wow and i watched half or two-thirds of another half dozen and uh, a few seasons of television. Okay, so. can I can I introduce something here? Yeah. I want to introduce, because I have a, a bunch of stuff too, and I want to introduce the one word or one sentence dismiss of thing. Oh, yeah, I was going to speed through these. I don't want A few of them Maybe like, deserve merit. Or deserve you, merit. You could do a couple. I could jump in with one and just do a one sentence. Maybe if the intern wants to talk, we can listen to him. Yeah, works for me. All right, rock and roll. All right, let's start with, um, I think this was on Trailer Park recently, wasn't it? The Autopsy of Jane Doe? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, this, this film, oh, how disappointing. The first 40 minutes, man, are they really fucking building something. And then the tone and turn and plot this, decisions that they make at this, that cracking point, And you know it. If you watch it, you fucking know it. This is the uh, Emil, Emil Hirsch, Brian Cox, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's bewildering what they decide to throw in the garbage because the opening and first act is really, really good for a horror movie. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's trash. <laughs> yeah i would agree but that beginning man i don't know i like brian cox and creepy stuff i felt like the kind of weird sort of apprentice situation they had going was really good and they kept like experiencing weird vibes in this atmosphere they were building and cox keeps dismissing it i, I thought I, I thought there was gonna go somewhere and it just shit the bed so hard hmm. maybe we should give it a wah-wah wah-wah <laughs> <laughs> what's next um this one, I actually, I, 
it's going to sound weird coming from me because I think I'm down on most kind of shit like this when we when you hear me talk about horror films. But I'm actually a weird sort of mild fan of the Unfriended movies. I knew that you've you've talked to positively about the first Unfriended in the past. Yeah, I watched the second one, Dark Web, <laughs> and it's this it's the same thing except you know the the story that's sort of guiding it all is uh, a, a little bit darker and well yeah it's it's super fucked it's got a kind of a eyes wide shut um thing going on but yeah it's there's something about the cheapness of these schlocky horror films that gets smoothed over by living in this desktop interface that's constantly shifting and changing and boxes are opening i feel like it's, it's like a gimmick but i feel like it works mm. so i and it's 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 there's enough going on so if this is the kind of horror film that like the younger generation wants to watch i'm okay with with this franchise it's not great but i i find them kind of fun this is a great lead into my first one i watched searching mm, what's that that's the movie with john cho he's trying to find his daughter and it is filmed entirely on a computer screen oh oh yeah i think i remember some, did we did you share this with me it <laughs> is it is a tpp lineup, yeah, lineup yeah. movie yeah has uh, Deborah Messing as the police detective trying to find the daughter from, like, she's yes. Grace from Will and Grace. Yep. Uh, I was fascinated. I mean, the reason why this movie got such great reviews, I think, is because I haven't seen Unfriended or a movie like this before, but they did a lot of really interesting things. A lot of interesting choices with the computer screen style, and I was kind of impressed with a lot of the stuff they did and a lot of the choices they made. Uh, in terms of the actual movie, the outcome of it, uh, movies with twists... I'm pretty hard on them. The twist has to be really fucking good and it has to be really fucking logical. And I don't think it passed my test that way. Mm. But the filming of it, a lot of interesting shit going on. I would recommend it just to just to watch what they did. Okay. So not a, not, not a loss. No, not a loss. Just didn't, didn't pass the test. Fair. Uh, let's see. I think this is a Netflix film, Malevolent. I do remember something about Malevolent. It, it, yeah, was, it was hyped pretty hardcore when it came out. Yeah, it's a brother and sister. They have like a sort of... Uh, a scam business where they find people who think that they are haunted by poltergeists and they go and like just do a bunch of stupid fake crap and psychologically convince the person that they've cleared the house of all poltergeists or dangers and you know and they take the money and take off and of course they get called out to a house where there's most definitely a real poltergeist and they get drawn into this elaborate house ghost story where they're hunted and I don't know. I, I, I forgot everything about it the second it was over. <laughs> uh, intern, you got uh, you got any movies to talk about? Yeah, uh, so I, I watched the uh, oh. TV series, uh, although it's like TV movie, Elizabeth One with Helen Mirren. And then I watched Mary Queen of Scots in the theater, which is the same story, or part of Mary Queen of Scots is in Elizabeth One. And boy, are these characters, the same characters, completely different people. I mean... One of them is Margot Robbie and one of them is Helen Mirren. But uh, the portrayal of Elizabeth is night and day. What about Kate Blanchett? Uh, yeah, that's probably the better of the of all of them. Elizabeth one is actually really good also. Hmm. But uh, yeah, the Kate Blanchett set is uh, by far better than, than all of these. But I love Helen Mirren. Um, <laughs> it's hard not to. She's just so attractive. Hmm. Um, anyway... I thought it was interesting. And if you want to watch uh, two completely contradictory stories of the same story, this would be a, a good place to start. Well, in, in turn, critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. <laughs> right. Daniel, what else do you got? Uh, let me see. Let's burn through some of the shit ones on here real quick. Uh, strangers, pray at night. Garbage. 
Yeah, uh, they don't list they don't, some movies I gotta watch soon, Daniel. They don't uh <laughs> they don't like harbor the only thing that makes these movies interesting, which is like the tension, the buildup to figuring out whether or not they're being fucked with. They they don't bother with that. Five minutes in, they're being terrorized, and the main villain in the movie in the movie is a 14-year-old girl with a knife that everyone is over the top terrified of when they could just jump her at any time. Um Let's see here. What was another one that was garbage? Uh, Hellfest. Did we do that one on here? I think we did. Yeah. That was garbage? Yeah, it was garbage. Oh. Yeah, it's too bad. It was just a run-of-the-mill, a lot of people screaming. The concept is good. Somebody could take that concept and actually make a pretty good horror film with it if they put some effort into it. You know, it's a horror carnival or whatever. So if you're watching, like, there's there was one good scene where this girl gets dragged in by the killer into the haunted house and everyone's just, like, standing there with their arms crossed, like, watching, like, oh, this is so fucking bullshit and fake and she's just getting brutally stabbed in front of them. <laughs> Uh, I like that. So if someone could take that concept and run with it a little bit better, I think it would work out. But the, they just treated it like any other. Maybe the rooster teeth version is better. Perhaps. Um, Watch the movie called Alien Code. Uh, had kind of a cool, weird time looping. Uh, we're learning from ourselves and solving a mystery sort of thing to it. But in the end, it just turns out to be this like B-movie straight to DVD, wish-washy crap. Uh, and Delirium. Topher Grace horror film. What? Topher Grace? Yeah. And it's... uh. He uh, he's, he's such a watchable actor, not a good one, but just a really watchable one, even though he's always being that kind of snarky guy. I don't know what it is because the movie itself is so bad, but I watched it all the way to the end. He's a he's a, a younger brother. Him and his older brother ended up accidentally like, ended up murdering some girl and the older brother did it. And he was like tag along and involved and traumatized by the whole experience. Then he moves back to the town that he came from to live in his like big rich house because his parents are dead and they have money and he's going to live there or something. Either way, he's on lockdown because he's considered an accomplice and is in his own kind of trouble. He falls in love with some girl. But then I'm just going to go ahead and just ruin this movie for you guys. because uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're playing with this sort of like plot device where he he keeps interacting with his older brother, even though his older brother's in jail. So like he's having you. So you like for an hour, you think that he's having these like mental episodes where he's talking to his brother that's not there and blah, blah, blah. And he's falling in love with this girl and his brother keeps appearing after the girl leaves to try and convince him to hurt the girl. And then it just turns out that his brother broke out of prison. He's actually fucking there. And he's been there the whole time. He's just like pretending to be his brother's delusion, but he's physically in the house. Oh my God. <laughs> and he just shows up randomly to pretend like he's a ghost until he actually does end up trying to hurt the girl. It was just like, what? Oh, you know, my initial no. reaction was like, no. this is ridiculous. But then I'm like, what if they did it well? What if they right. did a twist like that well? That's always the case. You could always do a lot of these things well, but they don't. Well, let me pipe in with one here. Uh, Vice. Oh, okay. yeah. It was so bad, eh? Bias, propaganda, garbage. Oh, wow. The whole yeah. fucking thing. Not even worth it for the character acting? No. no. In fact, it gets a shit through a goose. Put a socket, boy. Or else you'll be out of here like shit through a goose. Garbage. Wow. Yeah. Intern, did you have one? Uh, because everything happens, it's always a double header with me. Um, thought I would knock off some burden list movies. Oh. So I watched uh, Requiem for a Dream. Okay. And um, I don't ever need to watch that again. That's almost everyone's reaction. Uh, one's enough. I feel like when I was much younger, I watched it and got partway through and was like, yeah, I'm not interested and stopped watching it, which is pretty rare. Um, but some of it comes across pretty cheesy, like the split screen that they do in it. I feel like Aronofsky's not running on all cylinders. He's like 
like the way that I've come around, because I've always loved Requiem for a Dream. But now when I look at it, uh, I, I agree with you. I, but it kind of feels like he just took, he went from page one to the back cover of like a film cinematography class textbook and just put it all in there. Yeah. All of it. They're like, do a split screen, do a janky shot, do a keyhole shot, do a grinding shot. Do it. Like, he's got everyone in there. Just every kind of shot. Um, anyway, it wasn't uh, wasn't horrible, but I don't, I don't think it was as good as everyone thinks it was. And uh, how did two, how did it measure up against Elizabeth one? <laughs> uh, I'd rather watch Elizabeth one, oh, which okay. is like uh, five hours of film. All right. Um, Come on, they've they've used the score from that film for twenty years. Oh, that score is the greatest score that's happened for sure. I'll give it that. Um, they even played it during like Lord of the Rings trailers. I know, I remember that. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Hamlet two, very rewatchable. I'm really excited that I watched a comedy that was fucking hilarious. Fucking uh, bastards! So good. I was laughing by myself my cat kept looking at me and like are you retarded um because i would break out in laughter yeah so rare so rare it brought joy to my life something that's been missing for a while hamlet 2 really good well i've got more uh well let me he's he's talking about burdenless movies so maybe i should do that too <laughs> maybe i should talk about phantasm and how it's coming down off the burdenless Oh, you watched Phantasm. Yeah. For Okay. For a second, I was like, I thought I was trying to think of like contemporary movies. I was like, what? <laughs> no, I'm going down uh, even lower now on The Burden List. For those of you who don't know, uh, The Burden List became On Your Honor a while ago, and Daniel has none, and I have lots. I'm down to three after tonight, and he's uh, he's still sitting at seven. You figured it would have been one of these like 14 movies. Oh, shit. <laughs> no way. Not the week that I decide to watch a burdenless movie. There's, there's no way. All right. Here's my notes on Phantasm. It's worthy of a full walkthrough. We should maybe re- re- resurrect uh, 100 Lunatics because I really want to talk about every scene in this movie. Because <laughs> 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 it's it's got an absurd amount of strange choices. Yeah. And there's a lot of clip potential as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the Barracuda, the vehicle. Why is a 13-year-old constantly doing maintenance on the muscle car? <laughs> and why does Jody park it right next to things, wherever he goes? Right next to it. Yeah, like within a foot of the tavern's front door. The, and the bumper, <laughs> the bumper is almost kissing the telephone booth that he's using. Like, it's ridiculous how close he parks his car to shit. Yeah, it is 100 lunatics worthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the movie is obsessed with the mausoleum. It's like they chose this. The guy, the director chose the mausoleum. He really liked all the shadows and the lighting in there. Oh, yeah. They go back to it like eight times. Oh, yeah. The shots of the tall man walking, standing mm-hmm. just towards the camera in slow motion. He just fucking gets off on that fucking thing. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Reggie, the wingman, has to be... Why does the wingman have to be a creepy, bald-headed, ponytailed ice cream truck driver? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Reg, you're not dead. No, and I'm not three foot two yet either. Um, yeah, that's in reference to the resurrected corpses of the cemetery being turned into dwarves and with warded up faces that look like Jawas. Yep. In a movie that was made in like 1981 or 1980. Or no, 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 it was like 1979. And Star Wars was 1977. And those fucking midgets look like Jawas, straight up. Uh, there's a single, the, the single close up face shot is used ad nauseum throughout the entire movie. It actually delays the action and or reaction times in the scenes by like half a second throughout the whole movie because they're doing these campy, cheesy cut to single close-up face shot 
in conversation. It's like the guy says something and then half second pause, cut, single face shot, reaction, response, cut, single face shot. <laughs> yeah. It's very odd. It's jarring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think if I watched it with somebody else, it would have, I would have been laughing the whole time. I would have turned into a, to a comedy. Yeah. A little silver ball, like corks their forehead and pulls their blood out. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, oh yeah, the, the kid had this awesome poster too, like a, a huge wall poster of the Earth from the Moon. And I'm like, this guy, this nerd, whoever made this movie, just like took all the things he loved and made like celebra- celebratory scenes about those things. His his favorite car is probably the Barracuda yep. or something. Like it's just ridiculous. You can see it. Yeah, he just made a list. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to uh, do a. I want her lunatics on the phantasm and I'd like to see where it goes too. Cause this kid who's 13 years old, apparently he's in like every single one of them, except maybe two. I was looking at the cast list. looks like they, they go away for a movie like most horror franchises and then bring them back. Then bring them right back. Yeah. And then do like three or four more. Yeah. That's phantasm. Carry on. Um, great. Yeah. That's it. I'm glad that you uh, watched that now. I'm actually feel compelled to take a look at my burden list next time. Um, what else can I burn through here? I finally, uh, yeah, let's do a couple that were, the uh, you know summer of eighty four. I loved. Oh, I uh... I loved your um, description of this movie to me over text. I it was the I told Chelsea about it and it was like she was like perfect. This is the Turbo Kid people, right? Yeah. What oh, was well. your What was your description over text? Do you remember, Daniel? Uh, it was something like um, you know, I was like sitting in a like watching a stand up comic that loses the audience after five minutes and then just fit, watching him all the way through something like that. Yeah. He bombs in the first five minutes and you have to keep watching him for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. uh, it, it almost feels like, cause, cause like, I, I love turbo kid fucking love it. So I think I almost, I almost feel like the director or the writer of this was like super passionately into it for like 30%. And then, uh, What's that show called on Netflix that that everyone loves? Strange Things. Stranger Things. I think like Stranger Things came out, and he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> and then My somebody kids. else finished it, or he like half-ass finished it, and he's like, "I guess, I guess you guys can make this." I don't know. The whole thing was just so trite and empty. Yeah. Like, and all of it felt forced. It was like, "Oh, here's stereotype friend character number two, yeah. and here's and here's our mod- bicycle riding montage synth scene." It was like it was too. It was all of the all of it was dead and tired before it even yeah. started. It was like a oh, here's a good one. It's like a dartboard where there's like. Uh, 50 darts just on the outside of the board none of them none of them hit yeah none of none of them hit and it was just real we got real weird you know they keep trying to make the the the, the neighbor guy is he a killer is he not a killer and then i feel like it just goes on for like 20 minutes after it should have stopped and uh, i don't know it just dumbed out now just now to b- reverse that a movie that i had been told by everyone literally that uh was absolute unwatchable garbage i ended up kind of having a weird respect for baywatch I just watched that <laughs> yesterday. There's something about that movie that doesn't register as what I think everyone was trying to make it to be. Like, a, I think everyone wanted it to be like this just over the top, like Baywatch spoof movie. But I feel like the movie was trying to capture or pay homage to the television series because it's in the same tone as the series. Like, it's yes, if it, if it weren't for Efron, who's there commenting on how absurd everything is, without his like comedy bits in between it would just read like the show like everyone's taking everything super serious yes they are absolutely a lifeguard team that does deep investigative work like (laughs) hey mitch hey mitch you are the beach yeah i almost (laughs) wish that that efron that they didn't give him that role and that he was just another part of the team because i think as a straight up homage it would have worked 
but yeah, it does come off a little bizarre when they try to mix the two. That said, I, I feel like I laughed at it quite a handful of parts. Interesting. Well, that actually I, fits with that, with how defensive Dwayne Johnson was about the poor reviews on that. Oh, he went crazy. He was upset about it. He thought that was going to be a franchise that he could l- lean on for a while, and they just buried it critically, and he, he had a, def- a genuine defensive response. Oh, well, I think they can still make it a franchise. They mm. can still do it. Yeah, if they just if they just fix it a little bit, because even though Efron's parts were actually pretty funny in there, that I know it's cheap, but I could not stop from laughing at that scene where they're they are they're at the morgue and they have to pull the body out, <laughs> the balls. Yeah, and Dwayne's like, I, I need you to check underneath his balls. He has he has a he has a mole underneath his check balls, his and you see if it's there, if it's him, and he's like. <laughs> They have this really realistic dick and Efron's just like trying to pick the balls up and they keep slipping off his fingertips and he's just like, oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a dick. Like it's just it looks dick. super real. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turns out that it was just a gag. Like Dwayne's like, all right, we're out of here. I got, I got everything I need. And he's like, wait, what about the mole? He's like, oh, there's no mole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're making me want to watch Baywatch, which is very strange that I'm saying Yeah, but, that. but most of it is like the music kicks in. It's all epic. And the cops are like, you're a fucking lifeguard. What are you doing here? They're all like undercover and like <laughs> costumes and suits. And they're like got earpieces. And it's just like, what is happening? All right. Uh, here, Widows. Oh, uh, Widows, uh, the only good part is the heist part, and uh, the rest of it, I don't know. I made it through the whole thing, but only because I was doing something else. That had high critical acclaim, Nathan. Uh, we, were all, we were all concerned, though, right? Uh, actually, the best character arc is the tall white girl. She's the <laughs> she's the one that actually goes through a, what appears to be a transition. The other ones have sloppy transition. Uh, I, I could watch it as a comedy for Colin Farrell's part. Very odd choice at one point where he's like doing a speech about something. He's like a mayoral candidate or uh, he might even be the mayor. I don't remember. I didn't care that much. But he left the like breaking ground ceremony in the projects, got into the back of a limo or I guess a Lincoln town car more like with his assistant and the camera stayed outside of the car for the entire drive from the projects to his ritzy house. And it just like maybe switched from the which side of the car it was filming on as the car was driving. It didn't like the camera didn't drive with the car. It was just pointed at the windshield from yeah. the front end of the vehicle, and their conversation was going on in the in the in the car. And you could hear their conversation, and it was just I don't know like a good minute, thirty two minutes of just this car driving with them talking, and you never got to see them inside the vehicle. So exciting. Yeah, it kind of stood out as kind of an interesting. I think what they were going for was like, this is how far away like poverty was from riches or something. But I'm just like, ah, it just felt weird being outside the car the whole time, guys. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't think you achieved that. But anyway, whatever. The heist was actually decent. We totally predicted who was still alive. Hint, hint. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I do last uh, last thing here? Sure. Uh, it's, it's a double header as always. But uh, we're gonna go Oscar snub. And uh, what is looking like Oscar winner here in the uh, female in the lead role? I watched Destroyer. Oh, yeah. The Kidman one. Yeah. <gasps> and uh, does Nicole Kidman do a really good job at playing someone that is like no other character work she's done before? Sure. Um, is the movie interesting? Yes. But they jump around in timeline here and I feel like they break a rule, which kind of ruins the movie. They're, they're telling a story of her in real time. And then they're doing a backstory with other characters playing younger version of her. And they're going back and forth between these two timelines. And then at the end, they jump to a different spot in the story 
which is way out of left field and has nothing like it it doesn't connect with the back and forth it's just a completely different spot and it, it kind of ruins the whole thing oh yeah yeah you, you need your twist to be tied within the information you've given us it's like they started the story and you know how normally halfway through you get to that same point again yeah yeah that happens at the very end like but it's like it's the beginning because they didn't start jumping around yet it's so fucked up the timeline it like it ruins the whole timeline sequence because it doesn't make any sense anymore are you anti-timeline jumping as well nothing no it's fine if they do it okay um but you can't like throw in a twist when you're making someone believe that this is where you are in the storyline well, I just I just felt like you you made a similar comment about timeline. I think I think timelines make you nervous or something because you're you're well, not you're not into the True Detective season three triple timeline. Yeah, it's triple yeah triple timelines are I don't know apparently annoying. Uh, saying that, um, should she probably have been nominated? Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, uh, the next one was the wife. Did you watch this, Nathan? No. So she deserves it. Um, they made this movie about how women are portrayed as lampshades. So that's what she does. She plays a lampshade and uh like an actual lampshade or you like So the story is uh this guy <laughs> writes all these books and he's getting a Nobel prize for it for his life's work. And then you find out that it's really she's she's done everything. But the whole story is focused not on that happening. It's focused on her holding his coat and doing all this stuff for him to get ready to get this award. It's just celebrating his success. And it's it's a direct <laughs> representation, which is why I think I actually... In, okay. Like, so she's not playing a lamp, but you're saying that it is like a perfect uh, comment on the Bechdel test? Is that yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's crazy because like she doesn't do any extreme anything. Like I feel like Gaga deserves it more or Olivia Coleman. I don't know. Pretty much anyone... Because it's a pretty stagnant character. Hmm. Um, Yeah, with minimal, minimal arc, which I guess is a pretty direct reflection on life and, you know, women in film. So it's like art for feminists. Yeah, but I liked it, um, you know, the same as I like Destroyer. There's problems, but it's watchable. Okay. Well, I feel that your critiques of things are uh, so limited and emotionally draining. (laughs) Um, Daniel, please continue. Uh, let's talk about this one just because it's been talked about so much that I kind of held off for a little bit and I finally just threw it on one night. I still have to watch the other one of which was also talked about a lot. These two came out together. I watched Bird Box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard comments about that, uh, in many different ways. There's also a Bird Box challenge that idiots are doing where they walk around with a blindfold. Yeah. 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 And uh, I feel like this in that Bandersnatch film was like all the rage for like two or two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Bird Box is decent. Uh, it's a totally, it, 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 it works. It doesn't ever show you what they see. So there's not an opportunity for them to spoil their own uh, fear factor. Nice. Um, but to be honest, if it weren't for, for Sandra and Malkovich, uh, actually, I'll say this. This movie is somewhat of, of an achievement because the plot is bone thin and you get so little experience with the actual thing that they're all afraid of and you never see it. So it's literally, you're literally just reacting to people reacting. And this could have tanked so hard. I saw many opportunities where it could have tanked really, really hard, but because the two of them, because Malkovich is such a like spoiled, like asshole. And she is so, 
she plays this character that like just doesn't love like she has no capacity for it she's like almost borderline sociopathic herself and she uh you know has no love for her, her sister or her family or immediate family or children or anything like she's just really detached so she's really good at surviving this thing that other people are so obsessed with because what draws them to looking or taking their blindfolds off or whatever is like promises or visions or hallucinations of loved ones luring them to do it. So she's like detached. So she has a really good survival possibility in this world. That said, there's not much in this film, but they carry it pretty well and it's super tense at at parts. And uh, I don't know, I feel like I got to give it credit just for making something out of nothing. Well, yeah, I haven't really heard anybody trash it. It's always been positive and or forgiving yeah it's uh i'm not i don't really have much interest in going back to watch it again anytime soon and i wouldn't put it on any top movie lists but i again yeah surprised by how competent it was for how little it was attempting to do okay and uh, i i I gotta mention uh i saw jigsaw uh, yet yet again another totally competent and watchable saw movie probably the most consistent franchise in horror history Honestly, I don't think I have anything bad to say about any of the Saw films. And this and the, the the last two, one is just insane. I had to mention it. It's not really worth it. It's not worth watching except because it's so crazy. You remember Escape Plan? Yeah. yeah. There's an Escape Plan 2. Oh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, yeah. There, I think there's an Escape Plan 3 on the way, too. There's an Escape Plan 2. It's, it's, on the cover is Stallone and uh, uh, what's the, the the dry gray one from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um What's yeah, his name? Dave Batista. Batista, yeah. They're on the cover. They're barely in the movie. <laughs> oh, great. In fact, Batista never comes close to a prison. He plays <laughs> like a like a Statham ripoff character that's like a buddy that offers help and has connections from like England or something. He's not even involved anywhere in vicinity of the rest of the, of the characters. He could have been cut out of the movie and no one would have noticed. Uh, and then Stallone, similar. He's in the first like five minutes and then he shows up for the climax and all in it, this they gave this. The I bet nobody would take Stallone's script or whatever for part two. And he, I think he had to go sell it to China. This is an Asian film. It is an Asian directed, Asian main character. Uh, all those like styles and cinematography and and writing and changes all Asian. You, this is an Asian film that has Stallone and Batista in it. Awkwardly, it is so bizarre because I was expecting a lot like the first one where just a bunch of American action and, you know, some neat, how do we get out of this prison shit? And this one was all like fucking neon and dragons and just Asian film. Like I can't explain more like how weird it was to go through that movie. It's, it's awful, but it's also just like, what is happening? This is not, this is not escape plan. Someone sold this franchise to a different country. (laughs) And uh, the final one that I want to talk about, because I was not expecting to, I was expecting indifference at best and to be put off is what I was expecting. But I ended up actually really liking it. Hellraiser Judgment. The straight to video one. Yeah. Uh, Different guy playing Pinhead too, right? Yep. Different guy playing Pinhead. Some of that sting is already worn off for me because the one before it didn't have Pinhead either. Oh, okay. So this is a, it's kind of like a, you know, we're, we're moving on. And I just love that they, I don't know, they managed to capture some of that gruesome filthy gore from the first few films that are really good it's kind of like it's got like a bloodlines feel almost no matter how fun bloodlines was even though it was super weird and all over the place bloodlines is the one bloodlines is the one that had like started out with the historical yeah 
uh, scene and like medieval and stuff. Yeah, oh. and it's like well, it ends in space. <laughs> oh um, yeah, it, it does go to space. Yeah, it's like the fountain. It's like thousands. Yeah, it's like five hundred years apart each little segment. But this, the Hellraiser Judgment, like it just. I I'm glad they they did this. They just yeah. I'm I would have made different decisions probably, but I'm glad that they made decisions because most of the time it's a bunch of wishwashy crap that you can't really put your finger on. And this one they just said fuck it. We're gonna make Pinhead like sort of a guardian of hell, and uh, everything's gonna be a, the the heaven hell dichotomy. We're not gonna screw around with whether or not they're sadomasochistic travelers and all that shit. They just made, went ahead and made him a, a a guardian of. And so it opens up, and they gave hell a bureaucracy. So. <laughs> It opens up and like Pinhead is hanging out with his this is the other guy that's all torn up and disgusting looking named the auditor. And I think they're both just bored or like out of torture victims. So they like go to they go. He sends the auditor to Earth to round up some more evil sinners. And so the auditor has this house and he invites this like child molester to it and chains him up in a chair. And he's like just jams these tubes into his body and the blood starts pouring through the tubes into a typewriter. And he's like, tell me your sins. Tell me all of your sins. And he just, you sit there and listen to him describe things and he's right typing it up in blood. And then once they're all done, he takes the pages and he puts the pages on a plate and then he leaves the room. And then this other disgusting guy walks in who could be a child molester himself, no shirt on, just gross man, baby looking dude who's drooling. And he sees the pages and goes, insanely ravenous for them and starts eating them and like black bile is pouring out of his mouth and there's crazy camera work and then he goes to this funnel that's stuck in the wall and he vomits into it for like two solid minutes and then you watch that vomit go through the tube in the wall into another room where there's like three hot girls with their tops off that are like weird oracles and it plops the vomit into a urinal trough and they put their hands in and the auditor cut and start feeling around in the vomit. And the auditor comes in and they're all like, oh, he's guilty. Oh, he's so guilty. And then it goes, boom, opening credits, Hellraiser, Judgment. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Man. It was just filthy, disgusting. There was tits. There was a bizarro bureaucracy in hell. And the rest of the movie is like just as entertaining. It's very weird. It almost, I almost respect it for, I, I, know, I know I'm putting it, in the movie with my own brain like i'm giving it too much credit but i feel like it almost pulls from all of the previous films all of them even the shitty last four it's tough to pull from all of them because some of them were just uh different Nonsense, different yeah. scripts that were turned into hellraiser scripts and really had no connection to the lore beside right. what this, they what they shoved into it and this doesn't either i would, I would actually call this a reboot if anything it could be its own origin movie that they could move forward with from here it's just it you know they don't have enough budget to pull off some of the gross shit that they're trying to do so it's got a, a, a lower end sort of vibe to it but i just found it really fun and gory and gross and there's just a bunch of heaven hell shit and pinhead laughing about torture and getting into fights with guardians from heaven that come down to protect people that he's taken that he shouldn't have and it's just so insane well we could do awesome. more we could do more hellraiser too we got uh, lots of options uh, intern, do you want to talk about piercing? Because we watched that together. I liked it. I liked I don't it. Know. There isn't a lot to yeah. say about it. No. Uh, I'd suggest I'd suggest people watch it. I added it to my list of TPP horror films that I really enjoy. Yeah, I definitely don't want to ruin anything. I just, yeah, I'll, I'll say this: the director, the guy Nicholas Pesky, who did The Eyes of My Mother and this one, mm-hmm. um, makes a lot of interesting choices, and he's doing some interesting stuff in this movie too. And I like the performances. I think maybe I just have I'm at odds a little bit with like 
where it went with some of it but at, but in the end i'm still okay with it too like i, I don't know i'm just it's just uh i i think i will watch everything this guy does i'll say that because yeah very like it's not very long piercing's very short very digestible yeah very interesting choices it's, it's almost like i wanted it to do other things and it didn't do those things and i maybe got a little bit petty about it but there's nothing wrong <laughs> with what it did there's absolutely nothing wrong with what it did i'm just yeah well that's very similar to my kind of my later thoughts on uh eyes of my mother yeah i, I recommend watching it because it's solid this guy's i mean he's doing the grudge reboot too i i think i made the comment after watching it that i want to see this guy do something other than horror as well because he makes interesting decisions and he like there's a, a big portion of piercing like all the buildings and everything and all the cityscape and everything it's all models and you can tell that it's models but it's done stylistically in an interesting way and it's just like is that are those models and then in the, in the credits it confirms it and you're like oh interesting choice cool yeah yeah recommend piercing yeah i think uh just the last thing i want to say because i was just reminded of it because i remember earlier you said something about uh was it vice being propaganda mm-hmm. i uh and that you do you guys know that show travelers on netflix yeah i've watched the first episode of that show yeah it's uh it is a it is it is mediocre it is mm-hmm. a mediocre show, but it has a really lofty concept. So that's what keeps me tagging along. So I, I don't like any of the any of the actors in it. Uh, the show is mediocre, but the concept alone is is what keeps me going. But it is pure propaganda that this season, this most recent one, the season three, I get most of the way through it. There's episodes in here where I'm where you could just you could see the propaganda being written and people in, in suits being overlooked and watched and paid to say this and that. And, you know, you know, make sure you get that in there. Yeah, absolutely. No, we can't have that play out that way. We need the public to think this. Like, you can see it happening. There's an episode in it that, that was on recently where the cut of the show is that people from the future have their consciousness sent back in time into people's bodies that are just about to die so that and they can take over their body and try to correct the fucked up future from the past. And in this episode, there's a character who is without a doubt, 100% supposed to be Alex Jones or any sort of madman conspiracy theorist. And the entire point of the episode is to manipulate the events of his life to present a situation where he comes into real fatal danger so that they can justify taking over his brain with someone from the future because they can only do it to someone that's about to die. They can't just shoot people at random. So they manipulate events with people that are already there to make him get into a situation where he has someone come and kill him. So they murder some like senator's wife so that the senator goes after him in revenge and everyone is on board because everyone hates him because he's this loudmouth conspiracy theorist. So they justify taking over his brain. And then the guy from the future immediately that comes into his body immediately goes on television and says that uh, he's a liar. He's made a mistake with his life. He's going to take all of his money and give it to charity. He's going to use his broadcasting power for good and just shames himself for like five full minutes and then it's over. I was like, holy shit. They just told you that if you don't fucking swim with the flock, we will take over your brain and make you do it. <laughs> That's upsetting. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and that was not that was just one of them. There's a whole like, you know, uh, everyone in the past is hated by everyone in the future because we you know, fucked the earth up and it, you know, on and on and on. Yeah, it's rough for me with these TV shows. I don't, uh, I'm waiting for one to grab me that takes me the whole way. And I just, I'm not getting grabbed. Like Travelers, I was out after a few episodes or just the first episode, I think. I'm like, yeah. I can yeah. tell that this is a cool idea that's going to go nowhere. <laughs> 
yeah that's probably i thought i thought the show was over after the first season i was like i don't, I don't know what they do but they they managed to work out a pretty interesting way but either way yeah it's, it's mediocre i don't really recommend it to anyone but i still watch it i'm trying to watch the expanse right now it's got a bit of a cheesy battlestar galactica feel which is fine like once you get into battlestar galactica a couple seasons in you're like this is awesome but you have to get over that hump and i've heard multiple people compliment the show like the in, the detail between the earth and the moon and the asteroid belt and like each thing has its own economy its own situation and there's like a war between all of it i don't know super people like the lore that they've built and shit yeah i think i just i heard rogan complimented on a podcast once said it was super cool and i'm like oh wow rogan's talking about it then maybe it's worth going back to that first episode but every time i try to watch the first episode i'm like my eyes start to wander to my phone and i just don't know if i care and yeah, I know. It makes me wish that they had continued that show, The Ascension. Oh, that was the other one. The Expanse and Ascension came out at the same time. Yeah. I remember that. And Expansion has survived. It uh, went three seasons with sci-fi, and it got picked up by Amazon, I think, for the fourth season. So maybe it. Uh, maybe I just need to push through, and it'll go somewhere cool. But that being said, uh, anything else, gentlemen? That'll do it. All right. So you know the deal, trailerparkpodcast.com, sadsackstudios.com, uh, at Podcast on Twitter, at sadsackstudios. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'll look forward to you to seeing you again in eleven uh, d twelve. Is that correct? I feel like we all eleven d one this episode. Yeah, intern, how did you feel about it? I'm not talking. Oh, good. <laughs> mm-hmm.